Nigel Farage, what is the most important thing that will happen in 2022? In the European time zone, it'll be the battle between big government, big pharma, the European Commission, and the clear desire now to introduce mandatory vaccinations and public resistance against it. I, I just sense that they've now bitten off more than they can chew. I just think 10% of the population do not want to have this vaccine. 10% uh, of the population don't want to have any vaccines ever. But I think it was very interesting. There's been a Pfizer report out recently where Pfizer, and they try to suppress it, where Pfizer talk about the side effects. And there are side effects with vaccines. Well, of course, if you keep boosting and boosting and boosting and boosting every six months, then the chances of those side effects happening multiply every single time you inject somebody. So we're seeing a growth of vaccine skepticism. We're seeing, I mean, 50,000 people, for example, have just lost their jobs in the care sector. I had a letter this morning from a theatre nurse, NHS theatre nurse, saying, look, both my husband and I had COVID. We had it badly. Uh, we believe that natural immunity uh, is far better than having the vaccine. And it looks like I'll lose my job after nearly 40 years on the NHS. You're not going to budge these people. But I think there are others, perhaps like me, that were very pro the vaccine, who are now beginning to... Uh, I mean, you know, I'm not turning against it, but I'm starting to ask some questions. I am actually worried about the number of young sports stars that have collapsed with heart attack. I'm actually worried about that. Now, I've, I'm being cautious about it, but if you see the growth of that, at the same time that governments become more authoritarian, um, the potential for real conflict is high. So that, in terms of, of where we're looking in 2022 in Europe, um, is what I think the big issue is. Uh, I think when, when it comes to uh, you know, the East, uh, be it Ukraine or the Far East with Taiwan, um, look, I don't know what's going to happen. You know, I, 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 I'm not going to sit, you know, sit here today and say that China's going to march into uh, Taiwan. But clearly, tensions with China are going to become bigger and bigger and bigger issue. And equally, you know, tensions with Putin, whilst at the same time the whole of Europe is utterly dependent upon his natural gas. I mean, you couldn't invent. I mean, the extent to which Putin has run rings around the Germans and others is astonishing. So I'm not, gonna, I'm not gonna make any predictions as to what will happen there. In America, it's gonna be a big political year in America. The midterms are coming up. Uh, the Dems are in big trouble. The Dems are in very, very, very big trouble. Biden is hopeless. Harris is worse. Uh, there's nobody emerging, you know, unless you want Hillary Clinton back. <clears throat> in the Republicans, sure, you've got Mitt Romney. Sure, you've got Mitch McConnell. You've got the old sort of country club, Bushite set. But actually, this Republican Party is now the Donald Trump Republican Party. I mean, it's as simple as that. It's very interesting. I saw some polling this week from Georgia. Brian Kemp, the governor of Georgia, not a fan of the Donald and vice versa. And, and he's going to be renominated. And there's a challenger. And the challenger was about 15 points behind Kemp. But when the pollsters said, what if Donald Trump endorsed him? Suddenly, he was equal with the sitting governor. Trump's power, Trump's power over the candidates, over their selection, over what money they can raise, it's just off the charts. Now, you know, whether you think that's a good thing or a bad thing for the Republican Party is a separate conversation. But don't be in any doubt, he is in charge of this whole shooting match. 
And I think what you'll see in 2022 is Trump very, very active. Uh, now, it's difficult for him because he's banned from social media. He, he's, I, mean, I, I was with him last week in Mar-a-Lago. Um, did, I, I did a big interview with him. I mean, YouTube have now banned that interview. I mean, it's just astonishing. So, you know, it's not easy for this guy to get his voice out. But I do think a big resurgence in, shall I say, conservative thinking in America. Because I think the Black Lives Matter movement, I think the increasing violence in the cities um, is going to become a feature. And I also think that, <clears throat> and, and again, it's tough, but I just genuinely think, Nick, that there are large parts of the American stock market, particularly the NASDAQ, that are now more overinflated, more overblown than they were in the dot-com bubble of 20 years ago. And I think there's going to be some real pain in some of these very, very speculative stocks. And if you have that and inflation, well, you know, the good companies will fall a bit, but they're good solid firms without debt that pay dividend. And we all know that long, you know, in the long run, one sticks with those investments. Uh, as for the impacts on gold and crypto, that's going to be very interesting because I just sort of, I sense there's a, you know, with inflation, um, you know, why would you have your money in cash? Because it's going to get eaten. Um, if, if suddenly stock market investments, uh, the Teslas or whatever it may be, uh, suddenly start to look difficult. So this could be a very interesting year, 2022, and it'll be, and it'll be led from America, as it always is. And I just think 2022 could be the year we start to see much bigger amounts of money going into alternative investments. That idea that investing isn't about what's a good idea, but a game of alternatives and trying to figure out the best possible alternative is a key part of what you do at UK Independent Wealth with Rob Marstrand. But the thing that I want to ask you about is sort of where I'm sitting on this vaccine issue. Mm. And I want to talk about this with you because the economic impact is going to be significant. There's lots of resignations happening in Australia on the day we're recording this, actually, because it's the day that some of the vaccine mandates at the larger companies have come into play. There's this big, great resignation in the story in the US and, and similar things actually happening in China. And at some point, this is all going to have an economic impact. To me, the key sort of swaying voter group is those who are pro-vaccine but anti-vaccine mandate. And I find it very surprising how few people can understand that that opinion even exists. To them, they either believe that you know, you're pro or anti-vaccine and, and they don't see the, the, the nuance. So I, I'm curious... You know, how would you explain to people the idea that you can be you know, pro-vaccine but anti-vaccine mandate? Because it's a matter of individual choice and it's a matter of what kind of country you want to live in. It's a matter of whether you believe in liberty, freedom of the individual, or whether you believe in the communist idea that the state owns you from the moment you're born until the moment you die. This is fundamentally about philosophy. I have been for the last six months pro-vaccine but anti-vaccine mandates. I think it's not, I, to me... If you believe in democracy and you believe in liberty and freedom of choice and don't want an overweening state, to me, it's an utterly logical position to have. So you perceive that it's going to be popular and that it, that is some sort of large enough interest group to protect that 10% or whatever the number is of people who don't want to get vaccinated? Well, that's the great worry. That's the great worry. Are enough people principled enough to say, look, I've chosen to have it. You know, Bill over the road hasn't, but I respect his right. I mean, if you could show me some evidence that said, by having the vaccine, as opposed to not having the vaccine, I can't get COVID and I can't be a carrier of COVID, I might start to understand why 
people who are pro-vaccine uh, would be less friendly towards you know the idea that others could opt out but actually all the evidence is that having the vaccine does not stop you getting covid does not stop you being a carrier of covid but it might even make you more likely to be a carrier of covid because you may have it and be asymptomatic because the vaccine has to some extent protected you against the worst symptoms so you know unless that point can be proven i will remain firmly in the camp that the unvaccinated should be able to live normal lives and if that means you know doing a few lateral flow tests every week so be it that i think is a small price to pay for that kind of freedom